I think I am a recovered or recovering curmudgeon because when I think of this and I think about coming on here and talking about vibing high and all these cool things that you can do and the things I've been really leaning into lately, I laugh a little bit because I'm like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> like a couple years ago, I'd been like kick rocks. Like I have a whole list of shit to do. What the fuck does vibing high even mean? But I get it. But it's real. It's so real. What's up, ladies? Welcome back to the Just Realized podcast. It's your favorite podcast host and personal stylist, Katie, here today. I have a fun episode for you, and I'm super excited because if you I'm releasing this, I was going to say if you're listening to this on Monday, but I am releasing this on Monday, March 8th, which is International Women's Day, and I'm super, super excited um, to release this episode today. So today's episode is with one of my podcast buddies, actually my very first podcast buddy, and I'm surprised it's taken this long for us to do an interview together on the podcast. So she was like my accountability partner back when I first was like, I'm going to do a podcast. And she's like, me too. And we um, went through like a little program together to kind of like learn all the ins and outs and things like that. But today on the podcast, I have Morgan Ruff with me. And if you don't know her, she's so amazing. She's one of those people who just has a beautiful soul, right? So she is like a die hard nature lover and she inspires me so much and she's an empowerment coach. She has her own podcast. It's called The Wild Women Wild Soul and she's just one of those like overall like just beautiful 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 souls, right? So Morgan's really fun and she's multifaceted and she just has like so many layers to her. And like I've done podcasting stuff with her. She's even done Akashic Record readings for me. Um, I've even done aura readings with her in the same group and things like that. Like she's just one of those people who just like goes so deep and is so beautiful and can just do all the things. And so our interview today is really fun. Get to dig in a little bit more about her, but she really goes deep on how she balances everything. So like, how does she balance being a mother, a wife? She still has her job. Um, and she goes into detail about that and her business and launching her business and her podcast and getting that off the ground. And that is one of my main missions with this podcast is to let this be this well-rounded space for women to come to just like learn all the things, because I really believe that women have so much opportunity and so, so you can only go up from here. Okay. I'm trying to not get on the soapbox. So you can only go up from here, but it's a really sacred space for us to be and supporting each other. And I just know like for myself personally, starting a business is one of the scariest fucking things I have ever, ever done in my life. Like coming on my podcast and even recording my podcast and saying like, hey, I'm going to start a business was so much easier than all the people in my life who are actually really close to me because It kicks up everyone else's shit when you say like, hey, I actually am not going to go back and look for a traditional quote unquote job outside of my home. I want to get this business off the ground. Like, I think I have something going here. And it's the people who are closest to you, not my husband, because he's literally the only reason. Well, one of the main reasons that I'm literally have the balls to do this. But all these other people around me, right, that I've been around all the time, like sending me jobs, asking me questions, like, hey, how's your job search going? Like, I can't tell you how many people have asked me this. And I'm like, no, for real. Like, even Chloe, you heard her on the podcast a couple weeks ago. Like, I'm like, no, for real. Like, there's no going back. Like, this styling thing, it's a thing. Like, I'm going to do this. Like, I am literally changing people's lives. And it's the most beautiful transformation I have seen women go through. And I honestly know that that is my gift. And I know that's why I'm here 
to hold this space for women and let them be completely vulnerable with me because hopefully I've laid that foundation by like just pouring my fucking guts out on this podcast that they can come to me and know that they can say anything. We can talk about anything. We can get into how they want to feel and create that space and transform them through what they wear and their style. But in order for me to do that, I have to be taking care of myself and those women too. And I also want to serve them in any way I can serve them, not just um, style. So my goal with this podcast is to always serve up all the things that are working and all the support that we need, whether it's mental, physical, spiritual, whatever that feels like for us. So today, Morgan and I go really deep on this. And we talk about empowered spirituality, self-trust, intuition, using nature, and all of the tips and tricks that she uses to quote-unquote vibe up, right? Stay high and make sure she's showing up in her life and always taking that inspired action because when I tell you that it's the scariest thing I've ever done and when those people that are close to me and around me say those ask me those questions that it's kicked up their shit well them asking those questions kicks up my shit right so I have to be super super intentional with where I'm putting my time my energy my resources so when Morgan and I had this conversation and she kept referring to these practices as vibing up or vibing high and like essentially keeping your vibration high like that is something I've really tried to lean into and the days that I lean into those are the days that shit just happens and I'm like, oh my God, like manifesting is really a thing. And it really changes your life. And I hear you, right? I think I am a recovered or recovering curmudgeon. Because when I think of this, and I think about coming on here and talking about vibing high and all these cool things that you can do and the things I've been really leaning into lately, I laugh a little bit because I'm like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> like a couple of years ago, I'd been like kick rocks. Like I have a whole list of shit to do. What the fuck does vibing high even mean? But I get it. But it's real. It's so real. And that's why I want to share because I've really been leaning into these and I try to be as fucking transparent as possible and tell you how things are working and how things aren't working. And you guys know if you've been on the journey, like I literally tell it all right over the summer was really hard for me and if you go back and listen to those episodes those episodes are really hard so here we are in a better space and I just want to share all the tips and tricks that are working for me and the amazing women around me that are inspiring me every day so I will stop running my mouth and hand this interview over to you I hope that you guys enjoy today's interview with Morgan Ruff and I will talk to you soon. Bye. Hey, guys. Welcome back to the show. So I'm always excited to do interviews, but I'm super genuinely excited to do this one today because it holds a special place in my heart. But today on the podcast, I have Morgan Ruff. She's an empowerment coach and host of the Wild Women, Wild Soul podcast. Morgan, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Me too. So the reason I was saying this holds a special place in my heart, I have the chills. Oh, the reason <laughs> I said this. Fine. Yes, I know. It's like as soon as I said your name, I just got the chills. <laughs> um, this is my first podcast interview in 2021, but that's not why it holds a special place. It really holds a special place. I met Morgan on the very, very beginning of this podcast journey back in, I guess it was like the late summer, 2019. Yeah. And we had a couple of phone calls like, are you going to start a podcast? Cause I'm going to start a podcast. I don't know what to say on my podcast. What are you going to do for your podcast? <laughs> yeah. And when I yeah. think back to that, it was like such a magical time. And then like, we both have launched podcasts and so much has happened obviously in the world, but just even for us as individuals. So I'm so excited to have this conversation today. Yeah. I love those little check-in points that we have in life where you're like able to kind of get beyond like a year and a half or two. And then you look back and you're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I, I know. Because it's so easy to forget, right? When you're in your day-to-day -day and you're always kind of, we tend to look out forward. But when we do take that moment to like stop and pause and reflect and really connect in with where we were and where we are now, it's like, it, it sometimes it just blows my mind what 
we go through over these periods of time and we don't even realize the growth that we have. Yeah. It's really funny. Like I don't I have such chills talking to you, Morgan. It's funny as I was <laughs> listening to you say that and I instantly was like transported back to my bathroom one night. I was listening to a message from you and I'm just sitting there like paralyzed with my own fear, right? Yeah. I'm starting my podcast and I just remember that and just hearing you talk about that reflection. Like I just immediately went back there and that's so true. Yeah. And th- what a good reminder though, like going forward, like, oh look. I did that. So of course I can do the next scary thing. And then now it's not even scary. And here we are. Yeah. Yeah. We can do hard things. And it's always just this kind of thing of taking one tiny little step and not thinking too much about it, but just doing little things along the way. And then boom, all of a sudden you're there. I love that. That's my goal going forward. So I want to give you a second to introduce yourself, but Morgan is just amazing. Like we've known each other for a while and we've been had check-in points with each other along our journey. Morgan does amazing, amazing work on all different levels. I've done Akashic reading record, Akashic record readings, if I can talk with Morgan, where we got really deep into some stuff and you run amazing gratitude challenges and just do so much work. So can you give us a little bit about your background and how you got here today? Yeah, for sure. Thanks so much. And I'm just so honored to be here and to be part of this community. It's always, I'm, sometimes I feel like I have to pinch myself. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is, this is so amazing. This is my life. Um, but you know, I've had kind of an interesting and winding road, maybe not something that people would call quote unquote, a typical path to get to where I am. Um, I live in the Pacific Northwest and nature and being part of nature is a huge part of of who I am and what I do in my life. So I was started kind of my, what is that, early adult years as a naturalist and kayak guide, wilderness guide up in Southeast Alaska. And so through most of my 20s, I really was spending my days and nights with humpback whales and stellar sea lions and watching glaciers calve and taking people out into these very wild places and teaching them about these things, but mostly just helping them really connect into this wilderness and this wild place um, that is out in the world. And I absolutely loved it. It was so much fun. Uh, But I got to a point in my you know late 20s I was like oh I gotta grow up I gotta start having some babies I gotta find you know I gotta do the things and despite the fact that I was just like really in love with this lifestyle of I really traveled and followed the rhythm of the whales I can remember one year where I was in southeast Alaska for a summer um, and then flew over to Hawaii to meet the whales when they arrived on their uh, winter migration and spent you know a winter in Hawaii. That's just the way I live my amazing. Yeah. I love whales. I could, I could go on and on about whales, but I'll spare you. So anyway, (laughs) I got to this point in my life where I was like, ah, I need to grow up. I need to be a big kid. And so I went back to grad school and I got a degree in marine and environmental policy and started to work for the state of Washington, helping with the restoration and recovery of the Puget Sound region uh, where we live. And it was this weird contrast. Like for, I had really poo-pooed a lot of the work that I had been doing in guiding and wilderness as being kind of immature or just kind of a phase, even though it was, I don't know, 10 years that I did that. And this idea that I needed to grow up and growing up meant releasing a lot of that work. Um, but so when I was uh, working, I I still had this yearning for these wild places and going out into the wilderness and the sense of adventure. But because I didn't have as much time, I, I ended up actually filling it in with uh, bike racing. So I was an elite level mm. cyclist and highly competitive. I was Washington state champion, I don't know, criterium winner or whatever. So like racing at a pretty high level. And I kept on trying to shove things into my life that would bring me 
joy would fulfill me. So I was working very hard. I was on this very kind of masculine energy path with bike racing. I was ski mountaineer. I was just doing all these things externally, trying to fill this place uh, that was somewhat missing in my life. Had kids after I was a little later on the scene with (laughs) motherhood. So I had kids a little later in life. And when I had kids, I was like, oh my gosh, I've finally arrived. I have all the things that I want. I can finally settle in. But it turned out motherhood was a big challenge for me. And (laughs) it rocked my world. And by the time my second child came around, I was suffering from pretty severe postpartum depression. Uh, We were experiencing some pretty significant trauma in our family and our extended family. And all of a sudden, everything just completely crumbled underneath me. And it's been about five years, but I have been slowly rebuilding the foundation of my home and and finally arrived in a place where no longer really looking for those big thrill-seeking external things to help give me joy and peace and happiness. Those are really coming from inside, even During a pandemic, I figured out (laughs) how to continually find ways that empower me to create more joy and ease and hope in my life with, um, without really having to look outside for the, the things that will, will do that for me. So that was a very long and winding description of who I am. (laughs) Oh, well, there's a bunch of really good things in there. I love what you said about the whales. Yeah. How exciting. That's one of the things that's always attracted me to you is because I don't have, I mean, I have a connection with nature, but like just you inspire me so much. And I think it's so fascinating uh, because I don't have those kinds of experiences, but you just said something. Maybe this is why I had so many chills in the beginning because I don't talk about this enough motherhood takes all your shit that you've ever experienced in your life and bubbles it up in a way that no one can experience. And the part I, and I've talked about this a little bit on the podcast and it's definitely the foundation of my journey. And it's definitely part of my why it's the most isolating thing I've ever been through. And I remember being mad at my friends who had kids before me. You didn't tell me. (laughs) that this was going to happen to me. All you said is that it's fun and you love them and it's great. And I just, and that was one of the main reasons I really wanted to start a podcast was to share that and create that community. So that's great. Thanks for, um, thanks for bringing that up and shedding the light on that. I just really saw that a little bit different. Like I always knew that that was my why was to share that and to share these and to let women know that that's not the only thing that defines you and to create space for women to talk who are mothers. Cause it is the best and worst thing I've ever done in my life. (laughs) (laughs) It's definitely a both and. Yes. Yes. There you go. I saw the other day, someone said their word of the year was and. I was like, oh, there you go. Motherhood is and. (laughs) Uh Speaking of word of the year, I go back and forth on that one. I've never had a word of the year because I used to always think it was like corny and cliche and like I was too cool for that. But clearly I'm not too cool for anything. I'm learning that slowly, but surely. Do you have a word of the year or do you have some amazing intentions? that you've set for 2021 like what's your version of you know stepping into the energy that is a new year yeah and I'm you know I'm somebody who like I don't like hard deadlines so like I didn't arrive on January 1st and be like okay here's my word and here's my vision I feel like it slowly comes up and bubbles up for me In general, I am always working on hope, ease, and joy. Like those seem to be pillars and foundations of kind of how I want to orient my life and what I want to bring into the world. And so for me, I like to set intentions instead of goals um, and really think about Uh, it's like I wish people could see me but like how I'm orienting myself (laughs) how I'm turning myself what direction am I going and um and you know what am I turning away from and Mm. releasing and where am I kind of turning into the light and allowing myself to stand firmly in myself and so so much of 
what I am doing in 2021 is working on just what thoughts do I want to cultivate? What ideas do I want to bring into fruition? And how can I just stay focused on the the vision of this life that I'm creating and not get super distracted by all the worry and the fear and all the things. That yes. Talk about another and right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. That's great. I love that. Um, I kind of feel the same way. Like I do love like the like type a planner in me does love the like fresh start on this day. I'm going to start my diet on Monday. I don't know. I do kind of, that's why I think I have this internal battle always with that. So my word of the year is fun. And I'm really, really trying to embody that. And I feel like the more I step into that, the more I get all those other feelings that I'm craving. Um, but everything, because like you said, it is the best life I've ever had and the scariest life I've ever had that I'm living right now. So we're back yeah. to the end. <laughs> yeah. I love the idea of fun. And I also am working on playfulness. I, Ooh. I can be like a super serious person. And my mom tells me that I was even like that as a baby. She said, it was so hard to get you to smile and laugh as a baby. And so I can be like very focused on what I'm doing and take myself very seriously. So that's a component that I'm Actually, I'm reading books about playfulness. I'm like, well, what, is this, what is this concept and what does it mean? And what does it mean to bring it into my relationships? And because as a mom, I'm spending so much time with my kids right now. We are homeschooling our kids and trying to, the idea that I brought, wanted to bring into this academic year with my kids who are five and seven is how do we continue to bring in a sense of curiosity and enthusiasm about learning and education and also do adventuring together. And I saw that the virtual online school system wasn't really supporting those Mm -hmm. four principles. And so I decided to pull the kids and go ahead and try our own curriculum and integrate a lot of the adventuring. So later on today, I get to take my um, second grader, seven-year-old skiing in the mountains yeah. this afternoon. Oh, and, you know, we've, we've done a lot of fun things, going to the beach and looking at the sea creatures and just doing the things that are following their sense of curiosity and wonder. And luckily, they, they love the outdoors and all the things that I love. So we can do a lot of those things yeah. together. That's great because they're learning, but also you are creating amazing, amazing memories for them that, so, yeah. that they get to take into their motherhood and journey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just thought like, what if my kids could look back on this pandemic and their memory is, yes, it was challenging. Yes, we missed our friends and yes, we didn't get to do a lot of the things and we had so much fun with mom and dad and mom was crazy and she did these, you know, wacky things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I'm trying to do it also with grace, not overdoing things, not over, you know, emphasizing things, but just bringing in that sense of playfulness and adventure every single day, even if it's playfulness in a math lesson. That's awesome. Well, speaking of adventure and fun, I want you to take me down a rabbit hole that we will call empowered spirituality because spirituality for me is fun. And I think that's how I landed on that word or how that word just kind of came to me is everyone was like, God, like, how did you get to this point at the end of the year where you just knew like, oh, this is what I'm going to do. Like I announced, like, I'm going to do style coaching. This is it. And everyone was like, how did you know? How did you know? And I was like, well, it was the shittiest last 12 months of my life. (laughs) And the one thing that got me through was like having fun and just being completely open-minded to spirituality and connecting with people like you and 
you know, like taking part on your journey, like, you know, about the Kashik records and like, oh, that's interesting. Let's do it. Let's talk, like teach me. I want to learn and just like learning to figure out what's fun and what feels good. So when you and I had talked, I guess it's been like a month or so now we were throwing around this idea of empowered spirituality. So can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, and hopefully there's not too much background noise. So my kids just discovered that they can make their own smoothies and they're like very enthusiastic about it. So <laughs> if you hear a blender going, uh, um, that's what's oh, going on. Mine always come in and interrupt. So we're, yeah. <laughs> we're, it's a kid friendly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm like, where do I start? One of the books that I read as a teenager that has really stuck with me is The Mists of Avalon. Um, I don't know if you've had a chance to read it. Nope, I'm writing it down. Uh, well, it's very, <laughs> very thick. It's Mary Zim Zimmerman and Bradley, but it's the King Arthur story told from the feminine perspective. And one of the yes. reasons why I really love this is that era, that time period was one where we really started to shift from a very feminine, um, more organic style of spirituality to the more patriarchal, um, quote unquote, male dominated, dominated style of mm -hmm. um, kind of religion, religion as spirituality, where you go through a priest in order to get to the information and the source and the, the commoner doesn't necessarily have access to the divine wisdom um, versus the time, I mean, obviously there's been ups and downs and changes along the way, but um, the time where it was more distributed among many and that many people had this kind of sense of access to divine wisdom and to understanding spirituality in different ways. And so I read that a very, very long time ago. And I recognize now that I'm getting back into my spiritual practices, how much it was a part of my teenage years. I can remember being in school and being in the structure of high school and, and all the pressures and social pressures that go along was actually really hard for me, even though I was a quote unquote popular kid. And I was involved in all these like elite stuff, jazz band and sports and whatnot. I actually really struggled and I would skip school and go, there was a metaphysical bookstore Ooh, about two that. blocks away called East West Bookshop. And I would just go and I would sit in that bookshop and I felt such a sense of peace and calm and coming home every time I would come in. But as I got older into my twenties and thirties, I really disconnected myself from spirituality I really wanted it to be science-based. I really wanted it to be clear. I thought that everything, I needed to be able to see everything before I really uh, embraced it as the truth. And I think that came despite the fact that I had kind of an alternative lifestyle. I mean, following the whales from one place <laughs> to another, it was almost like I was trying to dismiss one part of myself so that this other part of myself could kind of be validated. And... I, but more recently, I've been rediscovering this spiritual side of me. And it has been a really incredible experience to all of a sudden understand and know how I can connect in with the divine energy. And that I don't have to look to another person to mm -hmm. tell me what spirit is saying or tell me what um, to do that when I really get still, when I really am open and willing to look at the world and my experiences a little bit differently, that's when I start to truly feel that sense of spirit. And I think all of us, all of us have the ability to really connect in with spirit and we have been told for so long that that is not possible. And so when, as I've gotten into, so the Akashic records, and I also practice a, a form of energy work called the divine oneness. I'm a Reiki master. As I have gotten into these energy practices, which heal, yes, our physical body and help with the 
energetic alignment of our bodies. And I can get into, you know, what that is. I'm not sure how much yes. your listeners are. Oh, okay. let's go. I want to okay. go down all the rabbit holes. All the rabbit holes. <laughs> uh, but anyway, these, these um, energetic practices not only have healed these kind of more physical aspects, but I have found the healing of my spiritual self to be pretty phenomenal and mm-hmm. the ability to truly connect in with my inner wisdom, my higher self, and also my guides and, and angels and, and spirits and all that. So, yeah, what? Oh, I don't. Let's talk about. Well, one thing before I do want to talk about the energy stuff. Do you feel, but I also want to talk about intuition. So, you yeah. want to talk about how those two things work together? Yeah. Let's go there. Cause I feel like let's. intuition for me was something I always leaned into and I think I've always led with. But over the years, obviously, that because I can't put that on paper and because there's not a pie chart that shows my intuition or there's not an Excel document, like I just could never get people on board with some things. Like I'm telling you this, like consumer behavior starts with emotion. It does not start with your Excel document. And I just could not get people to wrap their head around this and corporate. And that's one thing that now that I get to run my own business that I just want to lean into because it has saved me from myself. And I could think of like a couple of really big moments in life where my intuition was so strong. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, thank God I listened to those moments. And I can also think of moments when I didn't listen (laughs) (laughs) and how that turned out. (laughs) Yeah. So so let's go down there. We learn from both. Right. Yeah. So, well, first off, all of us are just energy. And when I think about the ocean, like the largest ecosystem we have on earth that we can actually physically see. And because I work in marine conservation and whatnot, I know some of the science behind it. And I know how little we actually know about the way our oceans work, about what lives in our oceans, about the way that they, you know, function. Tiny, minute, itty-bitty fraction of knowledge. I mean, it's, it's a lot. We know a lot. But compared to the system and what it does, we know very, very little. So when I think about this physical system that we can actually see, it makes it easier for me to understand that maybe we don't have the science to describe or put the words to the energy systems that we are all experiencing, but often because we can't like physically see it, we sort of put it aside or shun it. But, you know, we turn on a light switch and the light comes on and we're like, yep, we know that it's going to happen. We communicate now over wireless internet and we know that that's going to happen. So within our body, we all have energy systems and these systems have been described for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. This is, this is very old wisdom now coming into the new age in a greater level of acceptance But those energies, you know, people often talk about the chakra centers, um, but we have, well, we have a lot of chakra centers, but most people talk about the dominant seven systems within your your body. And each one of those chakras control um, particular emotions, or they might be, um, they connect to different organs in our body. And as we, they can become um, blocked or uh, the flow doesn't happen through them as we have various emotional wounds and scars or different experiences in our lives that sort of shut us down from trusting ourselves and from really leaning into um, the various uh, ways of knowing that I think we, this is again, coming into trusting ourselves versus trusting Mm -hmm. the external. And all the marketing, all the things in our system of society tell us, don't trust yourself. You need to buy this to be happy. You need to have this in order to be happy. Don't, don't trust that you can be, have happiness, you know, all on your own. Come over here, look over here, shiny object over here. And so we're constantly bombarded and infiltrated with this 
these messages. And to some extent, we, we take those on. And so the energy body is, you know, our auric field, it's these chakra systems and Reiki uh, divine oneness, the Akashic records are all modalities, different modalities that are really here to help us to open up and and heal these ener- this energetic body. And we, I think you know most of us have experienced somebody's aura when you walk into the room and there's maybe somebody you're really drawn to and you're like, ooh, that person feels really good. And then mm-hmm. maybe there's somebody in the room where you're like, whoa that that person doesn't feel really good. And so that is the experience of somebody else's energy. And that's just, their aura. It's their aura and it's the way that they are kind of presenting themselves out to the world energetically. Can you see people's auras or can you just feel them? For me, so there's a lot of different clear senses, which are really mm-hmm. these kind of psychic abilities. Some people see auras and can read your aura system. And I go to an aura healer who is absolutely amazing. She can actually see the colors and the layers in my aura and then give me practices and exercises and then watch the aura change color to become more healthier or whatever. Um, so some people can't. For me, in my practice, it's mostly um, a sense of knowing. It's uh, sometimes an auditory uh, like message and a lot of emotion. I, I experience mm-hmm. other people through emotion and f- physical sensations. So if somebody's feeling sadness or or blocked i will often feel it in my heart if somebody's really doubting themselves I'll, I'll feel it in my solar plexus and one of the paths for me to learn has been to distinguish what is mine and what is somebody else's mm, when i'm working yeah. in a session and often when i'm working closely with people coaching them one on one the night before the coaching call, I will have the experience and go through some emotional experience and will show up in the morning and that person will say, well, this is what's going on. I'm like, oh, I felt that last night. That was yours and not mine. And I was just me getting ready for the, um, the coaching well, that we- I know that this isn't a coaching call, but you know I have to ask. <laughs> Did you feel anything before the podcast call? It felt excitement. Good, because that's what yeah. I felt. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I had genuine excitement. Like I told you when we first hopped on, I was like, I still feel really nervous. And I talk about this all the time. I still feel really nervous before I record by myself, but especially with interviews, just it's like just getting started is always very nerve wracking to me. Yeah. And then, but this morning when I was helping my daughter at home school, I was like, I'm just excited to talk to Morgan. Like, I don't even feel nervous. I was like, who am I? <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so that's a little bit about, you know, the energy body and hopefully all that makes sense. Um, but it's been quite the, I just, I love everything about energy and helping other people to unlock and uncover more balance and alignment in their energetic body so that they can feel more confident standing in their own shoes. So often like these energetic blocks keep us from really hearing our own wisdom. They keep us Mm. from really trusting ourselves and you know, it's all very connected. You might be ungrounded. So that's at the root um, chakra, the base of your spine and that feeling of ungrounded has caused you to really get up in your head and you know how your mind can race and you just can't <laughs> shut it off. And mm-hmm. When you take a minute to really focus in on your, your root chakra, you can get yourself to kind of calm down, sink into, I always think about growing true roots through the earth and really spreading them out so that you are stabilized And then all of a sudden, when you do that and you get that root chakra to open up, your mind starts to like calm down and you can see more clearly. Oh, I love that. Is there, um, so I want to tie it back to intuition for a minute. Is there a chakra center that primarily focuses on intuition or can help you 
is it hone in on your ability to like feel or get in touch with your intuition? Yeah. And I always feel like you really need all your systems ago Mm -hmm. in order to truly tap into that inner wisdom. So it's all about the balance as well, but typically a lot of literature and information talks about your third eye, that space right between your eyebrow as being Mm -hmm. to receive intuition. Mm -hmm. So my experience is really different than that. I think that is a really important place. And amethyst is something that people use on their third eye to try to open that up. But my experience of intuition and trusting myself, because really I feel like self-trust is intuition. Like we all have this intuition. We just don't always act on it or trust it. True. Um, So for me, it's the solar plexus. It's that area. Yeah. right. That's what I thought you were going to say, but what do I know? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you see, you know a lot. Um, And typically represented by the color yellow. And it is a place that when I'm working with a lot of women, a lot of our energy, our anxiety tends Mm. to reside in this solar plexus. Like for me, for years, it was like there was this, this not just completely entrapping that area of my body. And the more I have, I spent a whole year working on my solar plexus. Wow. For my birthday, I set the intention of this is the year of my solar plexus and opening that up. And it was you know, first it's opening your solar plexus and then it's getting your heart and your solar plexus to work together. Then it's getting your sacral and your solar plexus to work together. And it's just a matter of constantly checking in. And for me, I use a lot of visualization. And one of the things that I I did with my, this solar plexus is I went in to a meditation and I started to look at what was there. And I found that there was this very Loctite gate like, uh, mm-hmm. that was behind it was this beautiful old forest. Of course, it's all nature imagery for me. It might mm-hmm. be something different for others. And guarding that gate was this giant brown bear. And, you know, because wow. I've worked in Alaska, I have a lot of direct encounters with bears. They are, they are, it's like, I, I'm just really into the charismatic megafauna, like the, the whales and the bears, but uh, this feeling of this bear kind of guarding this gate and anybody who would get close, the bear would pounce and attack. But for me, the bear was a friend, but a little bit of a volatile friend. Mm-hmm. And so over that year, I kept on in most meditations that I did, I would go to the solar plexus, I would see the gate and I would just imagine that gate opening up a little bit. Is it, and just noticing today, is it open or closed? Is it open or closed? And then eventually I was able to walk through that gate and I was able to start exploring the trail behind it and really exploring this massive ecosystem that was represented in this third, third chakra solar plexus area. And as I opened up to it, as I opened that gate, that's when my trust and my intuition really started to accelerate, but it took a long time to get there. And it took a lot of effort to understand what is that gate protecting? Um, what is that bear there to tell me? And just sitting even in non-judgment on those days when, nope, it's closed, not it opening today, today. <laughs> not open for business. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Well, it's funny that you said bear. My son is obsessed with bears and like like gave himself like his own nickname around bears like everything for him is all around bears and snow and winter and like so I think that's funny that you said that um that's like a complete side note I just got to help myself (laughs) that's the and part of being a mom yeah um so for anyone who's listening I know like I feel personally like I talk a lot about you know different spiritual things so I feel like people can they don't, if they're not very familiar, can really tap into that. And there's amazing resources all over the internet for chakras, but for someone who's listening and they're just starting out and maybe they've identified like, like that, like maybe I feel like solar plexus comes up for me a lot. So it probably comes up for a lot of other people a lot. And since we both have that connection, we'll explore that one for someone who's just starting out and um, maybe doesn't have an amazing meditation practice or 
just starting, what would be like your practical tips? Because I always like to try to share like, hey, this is what I'm doing. And I'm just figuring out as I go and just Mm -hmm. share like what's working for me. Like what would be a great place to start? And what are some of your favorite tips and tricks? Well, I... I always like to send people who are just starting out to an energy practitioner. Like I think if you can go visit somebody who does Reiki or whatever modality is calling to you is the right Mm -hmm. one Um, because that will help bring greater awareness to where things might be stuck and will help to get that flow going. So that's one Mm -hmm. thing that I, I mean, I talk about empowered spirituality. We all have this ability, but sometimes we all need other people to help us to unlock things for us Mm -hmm. because sometimes we just get in our own way. And, um, so that's one thing. Um, I often in my practice, in my coaching practice, I will teach people a daily, it takes like five minutes, uh, meditation of grounding, really centering in, and then um, kind of like vibing up for, I I guess that's the right word for it. Um, Like it? Vibing up. Uh, I like it. For me, so it's, it's basically the grounding, I just imagine... Um, you know, light coming down from the sky, traveling all the way through my body, connecting down into the earth. And I imagine going through all the layers of the earth and you and I might have done this before um, till you get to the core of the earth. And then you go back through the other side until it gets around and it travels back and meets you again as it travels back around the arc of the earth. And when I do that, I feel like, you know, a hurricane could come and I'm going to be still standing because I have that massive centering through the earth. And then um, I, so you ground down and I think grounding is something that so many of us struggle with. Mm-hmm. Our root chakra is also connected to our sense of safety and security. And during this pandemic, when there has been so much, not just the the pandemic, but obviously the issues around social justice and race and politics, um, it's this relationship, us to many is the the root chakra. So um, it's, it's for so many of us right now, like really confused. It's like, ah, so anytime you can like, just take that minute to really ground in, that is fantastic. I have lots of grounding exercises, but that's just one that I think is fun and simple. And then the other thing that I teach is centering. So centering really helps to align both our masculine and feminine energies. Mm, I like that. Yeah, when we talk about the masculine energy, it, it sometimes can get a bad rep. But when you're talking about divine masculine, it's really important to getting things done. It's the toxic or out of balance masculinity that's really been a problem. And then the divine feminine is the piece that I feel is really rising right now in our world as we step into this, whatever, dawning of the age of Aquarius. I, f- I feel like everybody is always like, okay, now it's happening. Nope, now it's happening. But mm-hmm. anyway, there was a big shift that just happened right before Christmas. And mm-hmm. so if Christmas was a little chaotic for people, just know that it's okay. <laughs> it was, for me, it was like was I came crazy. alive. I felt more alive than ever. I even turned down obligations. I stood up for myself. I did things that I have never, ever, ever done in my life. I went off of social media for seven whole days, completely cold turkey. Didn't even tell anybody, just did it. Like I felt like a whole new person and my rising um, sign is Aquarius. So I love that it's called age of Aquarius. (laughs) Yes. That's awesome. And yeah, um, my experience of the holidays was really different. I had like, I was just very volatile. I was Mm -hmm. very, I had a lot of grief. I had a lot of family weirdness that came up, you know, just a lot of um, challenges. And so I think that, you know, we can all have our own experiences and we all based on kind of what we have in our charts and yeah, all, all are going to react in our personality types and all that. We're all going to react to these changes differently. Yeah. I think I had that over the summer. <laughs> I think this summer was my cracking, falling apart. Yeah. My yeah. 
breakdown and up yeah. I feel like I've been working for that moment yeah. for the last six to eight months like really really working for that moment <laughs> yeah. so the centering practice that I do is basically I visualize myself sitting in the middle of an open rose and then just slowly allowing those petals to close around and just give me this like hug of oh, rosy so energy it feels really lovely. And, you know, you can imagine it doesn't take much time, but just by visualizing that kind of closing in and that support, you just, it, it's really amazing. I love it. And that. then the final step that I tend to do is dividing up. And we all need adjustment in our energy. So sometimes I'll just sit here with my eyes closed and just visualize light coming into the room and getting as bright as it can be until it's so bright that I, you know, know that it's done. It's just white light. Mm -hmm. Other times I might need a little help. So I'll just, I'll turn a dial in front of me and just imagine every time I turn that dial, things are getting brighter and lighter and bringing it in. So sometimes having like a physical cue can help us. Um, and the other one I like is getting into an elevator, going up to the 30th floor, having the doors open and then the elevator just floods with light. Oh, I like that. And so those three steps, the grounding, the centering, and then the vibing up, are all energy practices that we can all do for ourselves that help to set the stage for moving forward. I try to do it in the morning, but you can do it anytime you're feeling off. And it really helps set the stage for showing up with a cleaner, more controlled energy. I love that. I'm trying to like take notes for myself. I can't even... I'm like, oh, that's great. I love the term vibing up though. Cause I love the word vibe. I always have. Yeah. So I love that. So yeah. now when I think of that, I'll think of you. I love that. Vibe it up, baby. Vibes. All the good vibes. That's amazing. Well, I don't even know where to go next. So one last thing I definitely want to ask you, because I feel like this is something that I'm still trying to figure out how to like really incorporate into my awareness is gratitude. And yeah. I know that that's a big thing for you and you've run a couple of gratitude challenges and I might've shit the bed on the one over the summer, but, but you know what? I still have the dollar. Look right here, Morgan. I still have the dollar where it says, thank you for all the money I've been giving through my life. I think this is like day oh, three. I can't yes, remember. Yeah, and I had me. this in my 2020 uh, planner. And when I moved over to my 2021 planner, I kept it. And I literally forgot about it until I was talking to you. I was like, this is from Morgan's challenge. I didn't get past like day four. That's okay. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, life, life is like that sometimes. Yes. July was yeah. a really rough uh, month for me, but Quick before I let you go, can you give us like just gratitude and like yes. the easy ways to work into that and all that? Yeah, for sure. So I work a lot in emotions and emotional freedom is like key to my being able to survive in this world and, and something that I really try work to teach people. And to me, emotions are just energy and they all kind of carry a different frequency. And we all have the ability to move our way up the emotional scale. So if you're into Abraham Hicks or law of attraction stuff, you, this is probably something you're really familiar with, but you know, you can think about it as like grief and sorrow and depression or really low, lower vibration and then joy and appreciation and freedom would be at the very top. And then you have mm -hmm. kind of steps in between. And for me, gratitude is one simple tool that will move me from these lower energy, lower frequency emotions up the scale into things that feel so much better. And you're not always going to go from depression to joy just by doing gratitude, but you might go from depression to maybe ambiguity. And that's better than mm -hmm. being stuck in depression. And from gratitude has moved me from lack 
to abundance. It's moved me from a victim mindset to an empowered mindset. Mm -hmm. And it's so incredibly simple. And sometimes I feel like, oh, this is kind of cheesy. Like, oh, just be grateful. But when I truly am embracing it, when I'm truly there with it, it's so powerful. I actually had an experience last night and I struggle with self-doubt like everyone else. I struggle with worry. It really can get in. I can get into my head and I was down the rabbit hole and I felt like everything was, the wheels were coming off. And especially when I think Mm -hmm. about our decision to homeschool, to pull the kids out of their regular school and, oh my God, did we ruin their lives? And I can't do it. I can't hold coaching and working and homeschool, like too much. And I was just really in this downward spiral. And I realized I was doing the dishes and I just had this spark. I was like, wait a second, is that true? And I started to reflect on my day. And I started to really reflect on what I had been able to do with my daughter. Like she and I made marshmallows and she and I wrote a email to one of her all-time heroes, Coyote Peterson from the Brave Wilderness YouTube channel. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Inviting him out to visit our, our, our area. And she and I had read a book over lunch and I had actually had a meaningful conversation at work when I thought about it. And I had connected with a friend and I started to check through my list and I went, wait a second. I am so grateful for this day. It actually was a really good day. And it brought tears to my eyes and I felt so joyful at all these things that we had created. Was it perfect? No. Did I have hard moments? Absolutely. But when I really looked at what I had done and when I was really present in the moment, in the now, as opposed to worrying about the past or having anxiety about the future, but really centered into today, I was like, wow, this was a really good day. And I felt the flood of joy. And that was all thanks to this gratitude practice. Um, I started gratitude when I had joined um, the mastery mamas in control mastery community back when I was, um, you know, first in there and I had an accountability partner and every day she and I would send messages back and forth and we had to come up with three things that we felt grateful for and really feel into those things that we were grateful for. And that practice, I think we probably did it for four to six months of going back and forth every single day. And then more recently, I found the book, The Magic. And in that book, there is, uh, I think, 28 different gratitude practices. And one of the things that I think happens for people when they're practicing gratitude is they might write it down but it gets a little bit rote. It gets a little bit um, intellectual. And so Mm -hmm. mixing up the way that you practice gratitude, the things that you are grateful for can be really helpful. Ooh, that's, I like that. Yeah. So that's the, I actually have taken my favorite practices from that book. I've shortened it a bit to 14 days because I feel like sometimes 28 days can be a little bit challenging to commit to and created a free gratitude challenge for anybody who is interested it's very easy to access and it's one email a day and each day you'll get a new gratitude practice that you can try on and do and I guarantee if you are consistent with it even if you only do three days in a row you will feel better people have come back to me and said I you know challenging situation that's been a problem for them for their entire life we do gratitude around that and they're like all of a sudden I feel so much more free they have talked about their entire outlook on the pandemic shift just from 14 days of gratitude and then I have people who have let me know that they've continued on with it and they're on today like 115 of I love that blessings so and it does, it, 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 it seems so simple, but it does create such tremendous shifts. Mm-hmm. I, I, 
I truly believe in it. It's funny as I sit here and I said, oh, I should the bet on that. But I have the dollar from that exercise. And I believe the other exercise was the magic rock. Yes. And I do have my uh, rose quartz is what I put by my bed. And every night when I see it, I do think about things that I'm grateful for. So I guess I didn't actually really should the bed. I just okay. because I've always put myself in a box and think that, you know, if I'm not doing it 110% that I'm not doing it. Yeah. So yeah, you have to really reminder. Yeah, let go of that perfectionism. I, I do that too. You're not alone <laughs> in that. Like, if I'm not doing it absolutely perfect, then it's not mm-hmm. even worth it. But I think it is uh, worth it to just bring that awareness. And to me, like what happens for me so often is like uh, I might enter into something and not be able to fully do it, but it means the door has cracked. And yeah. all of a sudden that light is starting to come in and then it starts cracking open more and more and more. And maybe a year from now, I'm more able to sit with the practice and really do a more consistent thing. But for right now, it's just that seeing that rose quartz on the bed and being like, oh, yeah, gratitude for this day. Mm-hmm. Oh, what was the very best thing that happened to me today? And really feeling into that. And then, you know, maybe a year from now, it starts to open up more. But mm-hmm. anybody is welcome to to check that out. It's um morganruff.com rough like the way the dog barks r-u-f-f not like (laughs) rough surface um and you'll see there's a free 14-day gratitude challenge that's awesome and that's actually i mean that's running right now or getting ready to start you can sign up anytime anytime perfect on it yeah, you can go in there and I do have a Facebook group and there's kind of periods where I'll be a little bit more focused on the gratitude challenge. Um, I'm starting to, you know, ramp that up. I haven't quite figured out my timing yet, but um, mm-hmm. yeah. And so I ask people to connect through the Facebook group so that there is a little bit of accountability if you want it. I think also if you can find a friend to do it with and then yourselves accountable you know your mom your sister um and you know even just a text message like okay i did it uh can really help other people motivate to really do it Um, that's awesome i love that um you know what else i did and when you just said that made me think about it i truly 100 believe in accountability partners and for the first time ever i made a list of things that i really want to focus on instead of having the same accountability partner like i wrote who is that person and i was like oh my god just as always it could be that simple and i never think things are that simple but they are so a gratitude challenge accountability partner doesn't have to be your accountability partner for health and fitness or whatever just if anyone needs permission or a reminder (laughs) yes exactly yeah 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 totally where else can everybody find you for you know all those vibing up that we're going to be doing in 2021 2021 is gonna be a lot about kind of recentering continuing Mm -hmm. to vibe up i think we're still going to be in this for a little while Yes. So I completely agree. But like I told somebody yesterday, I was like, you know, you do something to me once, shame on you. But if I let you do it twice, then shame on me. I know like a completely different mindset of how to, how I can handle this going forward if nothing changes. Right. Exactly. And we can choose to be victim to it or we can choose to be empowered by it. Exactly. And so much of this is, is about, is about choice. And I know people are probably like, kind of having a little bit of a temper tantrum, like, ah, but you know, but, yeah. but, but, and I, I hear you lots in our oh. plates, but yeah. we can Same. continually <laughs> keep working toward those better feeling thoughts. And eventually yeah. those are more dominant than the others. Um, I spend a lot of time over on Instagram at Morgan rough uplift. And I also have my podcast, wild women, wild soul. And where we explore a lot of these different, concepts and ideas and um, have a variety of different topics on there. And of course, people are totally welcome to reach out. If anything I resonate, talked about resonated, I do have one-on-one coaching. We will do um, energy work sessions, more direct kind of energy healing, combine it with strategic coaching. So not only do you get the benefit of having a practitioner led energetic 
healing, you also are learning your own self-healing tools. You're working on your mindset, your belief systems, your strategies, and applying that to your day. So it's a really great um, package where you get to kind of have a combination of two of my favorite worlds of energy healing and coaching. I love it. Well, to all my podcast friends, Morgan, definitely at least needs a follow, if nothing else, for major inspiration. I love working with Morgan. She's amazing. And like I said, I was just really, really excited to chat with you and to catch up today. So thank you so much for vibing us up today (laughs) and spending time with me. You are forever associated with the word vibe to me now. Thank you. (laughs) More more women who are vibing up the world is going to be a better place. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Awesome. Thanks so much, Morgan. Thank you.